Welcome to I Hate It Here, the podcast for HR and people professionals, making the hardest job in the world just a little bit easier. I'm Hibi Youssef. Welcome to a special edition of the I Hate It Here podcast. It's officially a new year. I don't know about you, but I woke up with a ton of energy, just ready to take on the challenges that I'm probably going to face this year. Knowing me, that might wane in the next five to 10 days where I'll probably just give up on almost everything I want to do and instead just try to make it through the day. But that is not what the goal of today is. The goal of today is to give you a little bit of inspiration to tackle the challenges that you're going to face in 2024. I asked 10 HR leaders to share with me their one wish for HR in 2024. Without further ado, here are the wishes that you need to hear. Hi, I'm Cassandra Babilia. I'm the creator of Make Work Suck Less and an employee experience culture leader in tech. Uh, I recently authored a gratitude journal called You Got This, and it's available now on Amazon. And what is your one wish for HR in 2024? Okay, so my one wish for HR in 2024 has two parts. The first part is that we put the humanity back in human resources. Employees are people. They are not just entries on our PL statements. Each employee represents a household or a family's financial security. It represents their ability to access healthcare, at least here in the US. It represents professional goals. It represents potential. It represents ideas that you could be leveraging for more innovation in your company. It is not just a number, number. They are humans. So let's put the humanity back into human resources. The second part is I wish for more humanity given to our people people. We need to stop expecting one HR leader to be able to do the jobs of 10 people. We need to stop laying off entire talent divisions. We need to stop laying off entire DEI divisions. We need to enable our people people just like we enable our salespeople and our engineers and our builders and our frontline people. We need to enable them also like they are humans who can contribute in many, many ways and have lives outside of the office. I love that. So more humanity in 2024. Yeah. Hi there, I'm Sarah Lamont, and I am the head of people for a tech company based out of Canada. Amazing. Thank you for joining us today. I'm so excited to hear about your 2024 wish for HR. So if you could wish one thing for HR in 2024, what would it be and why? That's a great question, Heba. I would say my number one wish for HR um, and just the world of work as a whole for 2024 is prioritizing the employee's well-being And I mean that in a whole host of different ways, prioritizing our ability to grow and mentor and develop uh, employees inside of our organization, taking decisive action when it comes to hybrid working or remote working and really doing the work inside of an organization to help employees and leaders understand how to work in a hybrid or remote model. And I would also say continuing to see what I'm seeing right now is a great momentum around embracing new recruitment practices to make sure that we're really being focused on identifying the best talent, not being biased about it, not biasing against folks that have been laid off and have had seen a gap inside of their, their resume, really treating employees and candidates 
like real human beings and prioritizing that. And I would say lastly, continuing to foster a culture of transparency. I say continuing, I feel like my company is really doing a great job in prioritizing that. And I would love to see more um, leaders, not just people leaders, not just HR departments, but truly like CEOs and CXOs, executive teams really prioritize transparency, all under the vein of prioritizing the employee and their well-being. That was such a big trend for 2023, but it comes back to the fact that a lot of people are struggling at work and we as HR leaders have to find a way to support them. So I love that wish for 2024 because I think we're going to continue to see the backlash from 2023, all of the layoffs that happened, and it's going to really start impacting employees and their mental health even more in 2024. I completely agree. And I think another thing that organizations and the leaders inside of the organization are not paying attention to in the same way that I know a lot of HR leaders I talk to are is understanding that in the first time in like our working history, we have how many, what through four generations that sit inside our world of work. I think it is so important for HR leaders and business leaders to really understand the different personas that you have across your entire employee workforce, because it's anywhere you have Gen Z, you have millennial, you have Gen X, you have baby boomers. They all need and want different things in order to really succeed and thrive at work. And it's our responsibility as business leaders and HR leaders to make sure that we are designing an employee experience that's for everybody, that little something for everyone. Doesn't mean there's one thing that's a, a, equitable, doesn't mean the same for everyone. But what it does mean is that we are designing for the different types of people that we have in our organization, all under the guise of prioritizing their well being and allowing them to thrive. I think that is going to be incredibly important in 2024. So, my name is Noel Water, people leader here up in Canada. And I'd say, you know, I love HR, I love people, I love everything it does. And I, think that what we do is so important and greatly underappreciated. My one wish for 2024 is can we please re-elevate the candidate experience again? I've heard from so many people looking at job postings, talking to candidates of how how terrible it's become. The new bottom is just replying to people's applications and just sending them rejection emails. Like, can we stop ghosting on people? Can we just bring humanity back into this process? for people who are at their most vulnerable when they're applying for jobs. And that resonates deeply with me because we we were going through our process of like, how do we reject people? And someone was like, well, do we have to reject them? And I said, uh, absolutely. They need to know. Like they're probably, there are a lot of people on the market right now looking and it's just a kindness to tell somebody, hey, this is not where you're going to eventually land. Because I just think it gives the, the candidates closure. And right now we're not giving them closure. And I think they're getting very upset with recruiting teams. And I completely understand that. Yeah. Like the, like the email of like, we'll only respond to you if we move forward in the interview. Such bullshit. Can we just like, why can't you just ATSs take care of all of this? You can automate it, make it good. Yeah. As you mentioned, there's AI that can make this happen. Like don't use AI to look at resumes. Use AI to send emails. <laughs> there you go. I uh, Totally. And you can like batch decline people. I mean, I think a lot of HR and recruiting teams specifically are struggling with the fact that they're getting so many applicants that they don't know what to do. And so I think that's overwhelming too. But I don't think that overwhelmingness should take away from the fact that the candidates deserve to hear where they stand. Exactly. And people talk. People talk. They're going to talk shit about your brand if you don't treat them well. <laughs> 
every day I feel like there's a new viral post on LinkedIn or Twitter where it's like, look at this recruiter's response. What's wrong? And I and I feel so deeply for our recruiters because I feel like they're that first interaction. And a lot of times they get a lot of heat that's like for things outside their control. But declining someone is very much in our control and we should do our best to close the loop with people as much as we can. And just communicate with them. I love the no update update. Hey, still still chatting with folks. I'll get back to you in another couple of days. Can we not just communicate with people? Give them the no update update. Make sure they know what's happening. Even if they're in the pipeline, just stop. Just like don't let people sit for weeks at a time with no no interactions. Absolutely. Well, there you have it. There's a 2024 wish from Noah. So thank you so much, Noah. Thank you. All right. Hello, my name is Morgan Williams. I am the co-founder and CEO of PHR, as well as the founder and CEO of MWHR Consulting. So my one wish that I have for HR is that I wish every single company had an absolute minimum of 12 weeks for maternity and paternity leave starting from day one, not from their 30 days, not from their 90 days, 60 day one, um, because people actually have babies. And then when they return, from their maternity leave that we would have some type of dial-up program, but also some type of support while they're out, such as a doula, um, a birthing parent, or somebody to help them bond. And through this, it is paid for by a company family perk. Wow, that's a big wish because the U.S. is, I think, one of six countries in the world that does not have a paid maternity leave policy. With a declining maternal lead rate, especially for women of color. So we have to tackle this. That's a big wish, but I think it's one near and dear to a lot of people's hearts. I think a lot of HR people feel that that is something that is possible. It just needs to happen. I think a lot of states are also passing laws saying that they need to give that leave. And so I'm interested to see more states passing laws about maternity and paternity leave. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited for it. I saw an article yesterday also talking about what happens when men don't take their paternity leave and how they're also losing income. And so women are losing it even if they do take it for social security because it's not time work and men are losing it as well. We're not taking it and trying to be bravado, ego helping as well, thinking that that's the monetary fix, but it's not the fix for either side, unfortunately. Hi, this is Jessica D. Winder. I am the author of The Hidden Gym Within. My one wish is that we do not give up on DE&I. Absolutely not. With everything that is going on, I know a lot of people made promises in 2020, and we unfortunately have a lot of people have gone back on those. And in 2024, we need to steadfast and stay strong. Do not give up. And I think it's imperative that like HR leaders, unfortunately, a lot of DEI leaders have been laid off. And so it's now back in the hands of HR leaders to do these things. And I know you have a lot on your plate, but don't give up on this. It needs to be threaded into everything that you do at your organization. I love that. And I think a lot of HR teams, you and I have talked about this so much, like DNI should not sit under HR. Absolutely. But a, a lot of those people lost their jobs and their whole function was eliminated last year and then given back to HR. And so if you're an HR leader listening, like it's okay that you're not an expert at something. There are a lot of people out there that can also help you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think it doesn't have to be a full-time hire. There's a lot of fractional people out there that can help you work through your processes and your handbooks and your policies and your procedure through a lens of D, E, and I and not hinder it. Yeah. And lean into belonging as well. So even if that's where you start with belonging, that's okay. Start somewhere. But I absolutely 
want to give you like grace that this should not have to be your job. But unfortunately, in 2024, because of things that happened in 2023, it might be your job. And that's okay. Hi, I'm Vanessa Fike. I am founder and CEO of Fike & Co. And uh, we have run a fractional people leadership practice for the last 10 and a half years. And I am about to be a published author. My book comes out February 2024 called The Revolution of Work, Fuck the Patriarchy and the Workplace It Built. And I have been in the people talent culture space for more than 15 years. So you must have a really good wish for 2024. Oh my gosh, my wish. Your wish. What is your one wish for HR in 2024? I really want people to get real with themselves. And when I mean real, I mean leaders getting real with what really is your culture like? I am so tired of this flashy, we are everything. We are the best place to work. And everyone inside is like, no, we're not. I want people to get real so that we can have real solutions and we can make real progress. I am just so excited for us to lean into authenticity and lead into vulnerability and to get real, to be okay saying we're not doing this well. We need help and getting the help they need. Yeah, but so many companies and leaders are afraid to do that. They are, but you know what? It makes them bad leaders. So bad so, leaders do that. Good leaders know when they need help. And good leaders reach out and they're vulnerable and they ask for it. So if you want to be a bad leader, go on doing you. <laughs> well, wasn't authentic the word of the year this year? Yeah, or something? And I love that because I really love authentic being the word of the year. I also, for my word of the year, it's going to be impact. So I want to like combine the two of those. Well, you can't really make big impact without being authentic about what you're trying to right. achieve, I think. Right. That's such right. a good one. Leaders get real. Um, I, too, I hate that feeling of like uh, companies pretending to be one thing when they're really another because I think your employees see through it so quickly and they instantly lose trust in you. So I love this concept of like being real about who you are, what you can offer, and what you can do as a company. Yes. Like it's okay yeah. to say – we can't pay you competitive salaries here. We're not capable of doing that. Right. And I feel like a lot of companies would rather than just lowball you and have you be upset that you're not getting the compensation and then churn you rather than just be upfront that like, hey, we can't pay the 75th percentile. We exactly. pay you closer to the 50th. Okay. So Alex Seiler, Chief People Officer and Startup Advisor. My one wish for 2024 for HR is that business leaders step up to the plate and do a better job of understanding what the HR function does and acts as advocates for us, not adversaries. Fire! That is so good. I feel like a lot of times managers will come to me and be like, oh, can you go talk to this employee because I can't and they need to talk to HR? And I'm like, that's not my job. No, but and also the same people over and over again, like we've talked about what we do and they know, but instead of telling any individuals, they'll just be like, okay, CC, like, you know what I mean? And I'm like, the amount of time is wasted. Plus, if you ever, the amount of conversations I've had, if you actually want us to do the important work that moves the big rocks, like stop schlepping your people over with the same questions over and over again and burning oh, my people out. Right. Oh, I feel it at my core. Yeah. It's very interesting because I think a lot of people, HR means something different to every single person everywhere. Yeah. But I do wish that 
more leaders would take that time and actually understand like the core function of our work instead of just viewing us as the receptacle for everything. OHR does that. OHR does that. OHR does that. I'm like, no, no. Part of this is your job too. And that's why I'm like, uh, we're not a dumping ground as we know the old school. Like we're not a dumping ground for, and especially as the role and function has evolved, like we don't have time for this. Hashtag not got time for this. (laughs) Like, you know? Okay. So one tip for people listening, if the the one wish for HR is to get people to actually understand what HR does. I like love offering. I had one CFO describe it as a menu of like everything I can possibly do. And the menu is for most HR people is vast. And so you can say like, here are all the things I can do, but really I can maybe be effective at like three of these really well. And so that gives a lot of leaders a better understanding of what to work with. And then the other thing is like, I feel like everyone has baggage about HR. Oh, they so do. Maybe we should look over That's baggage. why, I mean, I think I had this conversation even with, with Tracy, like she said, one of the, and I've had the same thing, like one of the people that was hardest to get on her side on the leadership team came in to see her recently and be like, I just want to say that you've changed my view on HR and the people function. And she's like, okay. Job is done. And I was like, same with me. Like, those are the biggest wins. Like, you know, I would say, you know, the people you've got in your back pocket straight away. They're not, and they're going to stay in that back pocket, right? Because you don't need to convince them. But those slippery ones that see us as like either a party planner or transactor, or we did something to you in the past and we can't let it go. So you're you're the new face of what that represents. Like, I don't have time for that. But if I can convince you, then you're a winner to me. (laughs) Yeah, I can convince you and you understand the power of me in 2024. Let's look for more leaders that understand how truly strategic HR can be. Totally. Right. Um, Because and because all of a sudden those you could rely on those people talking about, like you said, advocates and champions. Right. Like (laughs) they're no longer the people that you worry are working against you, or conspiring against you, you know. Yeah, they're rowing it with you. What's there's this phrase that I really hated, but it was like you want everyone on the bus with you. I hate yeah. that phrase. I, I think know. about I that it. quite a bit. Yeah, I hate it. Although it's also hard to come up with a new phrase to like <laughs> to do better than that too. Yeah. But it's like, oh, you know, the other one is like everyone rowing in the boat together. Yes. <laughs> I'm not rowing. So for some reason it's either a sport or you're on a vehicle. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's- we're not rowing. We're not. We're just. We're just helping. In twenty twenty four, these leaders understand the real strategic vision and work of HR. Yeah, and because at the end of the day, they just need to understand that, like, if they don't take care of us, we can't take care of them, and they'll have. They'll be downstream impacts. Okay. <laughs> Fire. Hi, I'm Kim Rower. I am the co-founder and chief creative officer at Peak HR. I've been in the industry for a thousand years and am now a free agent working for myself and my friends. I was cackling when you said a thousand years because honestly, working in HR one year feels like 80. It sure does. What is your one wish for HR in 2024? My one wish is that HR people will start taking care of themselves. Think of your own employee experience. You, after all, are also an employee of the company you spend all of your time supporting. I want HR people to put themselves first and take care of themselves in whatever way care looks like for you. 
I love that. I never think of my employee experience. I truly mm-hmm. just think about everybody else's. Yeah. It's the cobbler's children have no shoes. Times every HR person in the entire world. Put some damn shoes on. <laughs> Put some damn shoes on. Well, it explained the stat that I love to say. 98% of HR people report being burnt out. Yes. Okay, so this Which is, is it. ridiculous. In in 2024, we're going to fix it. It's not going to be 90%. Oh, yeah. No, we're going to fix it. It's going to be done and we'll all be appreciated and loved and we'll be so mellow and relaxed. Um, but there's wait. a reason that HR people are like leaving the industry in droves. Like there's a reason that my fractional HR leaders community, I mean, has 100 members in it. Wow. Meanwhile, I'll just continue dreaming of winning the lotto. But you heard it here first. In 2024, we're going to take care of ourselves. (laughs) That's my wish. In 2024, I wish for all HR people to win the lottery. Uh, That'd be so nice. We've done our our service, okay? That's that's right. (laughs) I am Titar Turk-Haynes, and I'm the founder of Equity Activations. We help embed DEI and talent into your day-to-day operations. And I think my wish for 2024 is that we need to slow down. <laughs> we just we just need to slow down. There's a lot coming at all of us. And with every year, there's always trends and massive policies and projects that we need to take on. And I think we need to slow down and figure out who we are and why we're doing things and work from that perspective rather than become task or administrative oriented. Um, if we're figuring out the why of our things, then I think we will be so much more impactful. Understanding that we are the ones that people come to when you know we're trying to set initiatives. And I think that that's so important for all of us to just remember, you can't just put on autopilot. You got to know why you're doing something. I feel like every year, I get whiplash from the things that people want us to focus on the next year. And that's why I very specifically made this episode about the wish for HR rather than HR resolutions, because I feel like everyone's focusing on trends. And what I really want us to focus on is there's so much potential with what we're already doing. And I love the message of like, slow down. As as we were thinking about, as we were talking, I was like, actually, the whole thing is really just slowing down and figuring out why you're doing something as opposed to just being like, let me plug all the water holes that are leaking, right? Like maybe that water hole needs to leak and we just need to let it go. I also think the most powerful question you can ask is what problem are we trying to solve? And if you cannot tie that problem back to something that is already happening or the business, it's not a problem and you don't need to worry about it. So the 2024 wish, do less. Yes. Do less. Change takes time. Yes, it does. It's a long journey. I am Cassidy Edwards, Director of People Operations at TradeBlock, founder of Yo, You're on Mute newsletter, and managing editor at CNK Daily. I do a lot of shit. (laughs) You would probably do too much, honestly, but I can't wait to hear what your wish for HR is in 2024. What's your one wish? Yes, my one wish. I have a lot of wishes. I need a genie in a bottle at this point. But um, my one wish is for HR to steal like an artist. So can I expand on that? 
Yes. Yeah. What is Steal Like an Artist? Yes. So there's a book that I read called Steal Like an Artist. Um, Short read, but it's really about kind of unlocking your creative process, like being more creative. Um, So I would love for HR, we have a prime time opportunity to remix and reimagine the path forward for HR and people operations. So I hope that we get a little creative, less critical, more creative, and just, I think that's a way that we'll put fun back into the work, to be honest. But, yep. I love that because this work is, can be very fun. I just feel like we are all somewhat burnt out and that makes it really hard to find what's fun in this job. So I think that's, that's a great wish and I hope HR people find ways to be more creative in 2024. Yeah. Creative together. Collectively. Creative collectively. I love that steal like an artist thing. I'm going to have to look this up and read this book. So basically it's principles that help you like get into your creative process because nothing is truly super original. So it kind of goes on like influence, you know, like you can get influenced or inspired or empowered by certain things. So I know when I love like going to museums, if I'm feeling like in a funk or just creatively stuck, I'll just go and do normal things like go to the museum or watch a movie and then or write and then it'll just start to come. So I love that. And it was also kind of around like HR being creative in what we can steal from other departments. You know, like I really liked writing that whole newsletter where it was talking about like, here's what we can learn from marketing. Here's what we can learn from, you know, accounting. Here's what we just to be more well-rounded and creative. So you've heard from all my friends about their wish for HR in 2024. What's one more wish? Mine. My wish for HR in 2024. It's pretty simple. It's that we get comfortable saying no. It can be really easy to get caught up in saying yes to every request that comes your way. But when we say no, we are able to slow down and focus on the work that really matters. The work that we know will be the most impactful. So that's it. In 2024, let's say no more. Thank you for listening in today. I hope you enjoyed this episode um, and all the perspectives that my friends got to share. You can follow them all on LinkedIn and you can follow me here. And some super exciting news. We are going to be kicking off the third season of the I Hate It Here podcast in a few weeks. You'll hear from 10 new leaders with their different perspectives throughout the season on all the things that we are facing in HR. So join me here for the next season of I Hate It Here. Thanks for tuning in. Keep up with all the latest HR resources by subscribing on Apple, Spotify, Google, or wherever you listen. And if you love I Hate It Here, tell an HR friend. I'll see you next time.